Diplomatic war breaking out between India and Canada as Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau accuses the Modi government of masterminding the killing of a Khalistani separatist leader. What is the history of these tensions and what kind of repercussions could they have? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. We're going to take a look at some of that as overnight ties between India and Canada, already quite tense, took a turn for the worse. Within days of returning from Delhi, where he had attended the G20 summit, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau st stood up and made a startling statement in Parliament. Listen in. Today I'm rising to inform the House of an extremely serious matter. I just informed the leaders of the opposition directly that I want now to speak with all Canadians. Over the past number of weeks, Canadian security agencies have been actively pursuing credible allegations of a potential link between agents of the government of India and the killing of a Canadian citizen, Hardeep Singh Nijar. Canada is a rule of law country. The protection of our citizens and defence of our sovereignty are fundamental. Our top priorities have therefore been, one, that our law enforcement and security agencies ensure the continued safety of all Canadians, and two, that all steps be taken to hold perpetrators of this murder to account. Canada has declared its deep concerns to the top intelligence and security officials of the Indian government. Last week at the G20, I brought them personally and directly to Prime Minister Modi in no uncertain terms. Okay, so that statement and the allegations made were roundly denied by the government. They call them absurd, uh, but they have started a diplomatic war, both in words and on the ground. So here's just what happened first in his speech to Parliament that you heard there, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau accusing India of the killing of Khalistani separatist leader Hardeep Singh Nijar, who was shot dead by gunmen while leaving a Gurdwara on June the 18th this year in 2023. A quick note about just who Nijar was. He was the chief of an outfit called the Khalistan Tiger Force, KTF, he was wanted by India for a number of terror cases and bombings in India in the 1990s. He then moved to Canada, uh, apparently on a forged passport. And then he's wanted in India for funding terror operations in India from his perch there in Vancouver in Canada's Surrey region, where he served really on the Gurdwara Management Committee. In 2016, a red corner notice was issued by Interpol on India's request against him. In 2020, Niger was declared a terrorist under the UAPA listing that the Ministry of Home Affairs runs, accusing him of operationalizing, funding, training KTF members, also seditious uh, and insurrectionary hate speech. In 2022, India declared a reward of 10 lakh rupees for information leading up to his arrest, and all of this was then conveyed to the Canadian government as well. Trudeau pointed to India for the killing. He cited credible allegations being pursued. He said he had raised the issue directly with Prime Minister Modi during the G20 summit meeting. The government said Prime Minister Modi rejected the allegation. Trudeau then announced that an Indian diplomat was being expelled. Later, the name of the diplomat was also leaked to the media, something that is not done as per diplomatic norms. India reacted within hours of this. It summoned the Canadian High Commissioner, 
denied the allegations, expelled a Canadian diplomat on par with the uh, Indian diplomat expelled. His name was also leaked in the media. India suspended all visa operations for Canadians, citing security threats for Indian officials uh, over there as well. And it told the Canadian High Commission in India to cut down its numbers of its diplomats, downsize, accused many of those diplomats of running domestic interference in India. At an MEA briefing, we heard that no evidence had been shared by Canada. The government says no action has been taken by Canada on Indian concerns over the growing presence of Khalistani separatist groups. Listen in. No specific information has been shared by Canada on this case, either then or before or after. Um, we have, um, you know, um, as we have said, or I think we've been very, made very clear, we are uh, willing to look at any specific information. We have conveyed this to the Canadian side, made it clear to them that we are willing to look at any specific information that is provided to us. But so far, we have not received any such specific information. Uh, there was an indirect question on that. Let me also point out that from our side, very specific evidence about criminal activities by individuals based uh, on Canadian soil has been shared with the Canadian authorities on a regular basis, but not been acted upon. Now, the Canadian government also said that it is in touch with its allies of the Five Eyes. Now, you've probably heard about the Five Eyes over the past week. Just what were they? Uh, the Five Eyes refers to an intelligence partnership started in 1946, just after the World War, World War II, uh, where the US and UK began to cooperate on what was called Signals Intelligence, or SIGINT. It then expanded to Canada in 1948, and Australia and New Zealand were included in 1956. This uh, alliance, if you like, of SIGINT and human, in, uh, human intelligence uh, really rose uh, in, during the Cold War. The officials of these five countries meet very regularly, sometimes every day they communicate in real time to share intelligence. Uh, now, as a result, there were reactions from members of the Five Eye countries. Listen in to what some of them said. We have been and will be in contact with the Indians at high levels on this issue. It is a matter of concern for us. It is something we take seriously. It is something we will keep working on. And we will do that regardless of the country. There's not some special exemption you get for actions like this. Regardless of the country, we will stand up and defend our basic principles. And we will also consult closely with allies like Canada uh, as they pursue their law enforcement and diplomatic process. So Justin Trudeau is a friend of mine. He's a foreign prime minister of Canada. I was pleased to engage with him at the G20. Uh, he has expressed his concerns about this on behalf of the Canadian government. And uh, the Australian Foreign Minister, Penny Wong, has also expressed concerns. So what we're seeing is that the Indo-Canadian tensions are now affecting several parts of the relationship. So to begin with, first, the political, the high-level uh, uh, meetings as well. Modi and Trudeau had that acrimonious meeting on the sidelines of the G20. Both issued tough statements after it. Uh, and I'll come to the history of the high-level engagement in just a bit. But the Modi-Trudeau meeting really, even while they weren't speaking about Niger publicly at the time, seemed very acrimonious. It's, uh, it's doubtful when the two leaders might meet again. Trade relations also on hold. Canada has put a pause on free trade talks between the two countries. They were discussing an FTA and also cancelled a trade mission or trade delegation visit to Delhi 
uh, this month. At present, remember, bilateral trade between the two countries is quite minimal. It's about $10 billion. Strategic ties have been affected as well. India's role in Canada's Indo-Pacific strategy that was announced last year and India-Canada counter-terrorism strategies, both are likely to be affected. Uh, then you come to the visa relationship. It's a big one between both countries with India suspending visas for Canadians. There may be reciprocal action or a slowdown in visa issues by the Canadians. Remember, each year 300,000 Indian visas have been issued. Um, certainly that was the number last year uh, and 277,000 Canadians visited India in 2022. Then there are education ties. Students, particularly from India, going to Canada, about 40% of international students in Canada last year were Indians, about 226,000. Uh, that was last year's figure. There's civil nuclear cooperation, at least there's an agreement between both countries, uh, and that could be affected by this. There's investment, roughly $55 billion cumulatively in Indian investments have been made by Canadian pension funds in particular. And then there's also the worry of the impact on ties with Canadian allies in NATO, G7, Five Eyes as well. Uh, for India, this is a concern. US President Biden has been invited for Republic Day next year. The Quad Summit is likely to happen in January 2024. For Canada as well, its closest friendships uh, could be affected. And then there's the impact India could have on ties with, uh, or the developments could have on India's ties with other countries where we have seen the presence of Khalistani separatist supporters, US, UK, Australia, India has raised concerns with each of these countries. What many actually forget is that the history of India-Canada ties have been marked by tensions over the Khalistan issue for more than four decades. In the 1970s, India-Canada ties actually went sour over India's testing of a nuclear weapon. Until then, Canada had been the key supplier of civil nuclear technology. Towards the end of the decade, India actually began to note a steady influx of Khalistani separatists, including self-styled Khalistan President Jagjit Singh Chauhan, uh, to Western countries, including Canada, UK and US. He went to Pakistan as well. Uh, in 1982, and I'm just running through the history here, India asked Canada for the extradition of Talvinder Singh Parmar. Uh, in, despite an extradition pact under the Commonwealth Agreements, Canada refused that. And, and Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, was then Prime Minister until 1984. In 1984, Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi ordered the Operation Blue Star against militants inside the Golden Temple, set off a storm amongst the Sikh community. Months later, she was assassinated by her bodyguards and then anti-Sikh riots followed. Parmar, at the time, uh, led threats against India. In June 1985, an Air India Flight 182 from Toronto uh, and Montreal bound for Delhi, blew up, bound for Bombay, blew up over the Irish coast, killing 329 on board. The same day, two baggage handlers died at Tokyo's Narita Airport as a bomb inside luggage that was being transferred to a different Air India flight then exploded. Um, this was seen as the worst ever terror attack and certainly the largest number of victims until possibly 9-11. For years, India accused Canadian prosecutors of dragging their feet over investigations and persecution of those responsible. This was the real rift in ties between them. Eventually, in 2005, remember 20 years later, after a long court case, witnesses were killed, some recanted their confessions, the judge announced that Parmar was the mastermind of the Air India 
uh, bombing and um, uh, they convicted another suspect but they acquitted two men against whom evidence was really considered substantial simply because of shoddy prosecution. While Parmar was killed in India in 1992 during a visit there, um, one of those acquitted Ripudaman Singh Malik was actually shot dead in 2022 in Canada uh, and again a very murky history then. All this time, now all this time since 1973, no Indian Prime Minister visited Canada. In June 2010, Prime Minister Manmohan Singh visited or was due to visit for the G20 summit in Toronto. Now five days before his visit, Canadian Prime Minister Harper did something India had asked for years for. He gave a full apology to the families of those who died, expressing regret over the government's failure. And let me address, as the families of the victims have asked me to do, my fellow political leaders of every stripe. It is incumbent upon us all not to reach out to, but rather to marginalize, to carefully and systematically marginalize those extremists who seek to import the battles of India's past here. Uh, so there was some kind of rapprochement at the time. During the visit, finally, Prime Minister Singh, who spoke uh, often about the problem of the Khalistan issue between the two countries, uh, did have a bilateral with uh, Prime Minister Stephen Harper, uh, who was the Prime Minister at the time. He had visited India just before. Uh, and they both announced the civil nuclear deal, which really marked the detente in ties. Then in 2015, Prime Minister Narendra Modi became the first Indian Prime Minister to make a bilateral visit to Canada after 42 years. His visit saw the easing of visas, trade, investment and all the rest between the two countries. But ties have always been a little up and basically down. And this continued, especially after Prime Minister Trudeau was elected just a few months after Prime Minister Modi's visit to Canada. Trudeau's visit to India in 2018 was dogged by controversies, including the appearance of a Khalistani activist at his dinner. In 2019, India then froze ties after Trudeau criticized Prime Minister Modi's handling of the farmers' protests. Now we've got to 2022 when Prime Minister Modi and PM Trudeau met once again, uh, resetting ties. We'd spoken a bit about that in the worldview when we spoke about the outcomes of the G7 summit in Germany in 2022. The two countries then began talks on a free trade agreement. Uh, Canadian Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie actually came to India twice this year in February and March uh, and held extensive talks with her Indian counterparts. However, since June this year, the killing of Nijar, as well as a Canadian inquiry into possible political interference in Canada by India, uh, China, Iran and Russia have sent ties spiraling again. By the time the two leaders met for their acrimonious meeting uh, bilaterally on September 10th in Delhi after the G20 summit had finished, the die really seemed cast. So what's worldview's take on all that has happened? It is clear from the history and decades of tension between India and Canada that the issue of Khalistani separatist violence cannot be brushed away. It's equally clear that a further rift in ties will affect millions of ordinary Indians, Canadians and Indo-Canadians. The need of the hour is really a high-level intervention and a mechanism put in place to deal with the very serious allegations leveled by Canada on sovereignty and political interference 
and also by India on safe havens for terrorism and diplomatic interference. Playing on an international pitch for domestic politics and the gains thereof must be avoided at all costs. I'll get you some reading recommendations. I don't have too many on India-Canada ties. There is this one book on India's foreign policy called India-Canada Does the Elephant Dance by a former Canadian High Commissioner to India, David Malone. Uh, and then there are a few books on Khalistan and the Ca Canadian link. I've read these, but if you think of others that are important, please do let me know. One's called Loss of Faith, How the Air India Bombers Got Away with Murder by Kim Bolan, Canadian journalist. Also, Margin of Terror, a reporter's 20-year odyssey covering the tragedies of the Air India bombing by Salim Jiva and Donald Hoka. That also has quite a few details. There's the Khalistan Conspiracy, a former RNAW, that's research, uh, it's the Indian Intelligence Agency, uh, an officer unravels the paths to 1984. This is by GBS Sidhu. Uh, and then there's Amritsar, Mrs. Gandhi's Last Battle by Mark Tully and Satish Jacob. There's lots more to read out there um, and please do keep writing in with your comments. Do join us again here on Worldview and subscribe on our YouTube channel as well as on our website www.thehindu.com. But that's all we have time for from the team. Thanks for watching.